0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fun-Sized Podcast. I just want to start off this episode by saying thank you. Um, I, I think from the moment that I created this podcast, I had this idea in my head that the audio needed to be perfect, I needed to have a professional microphone, the best headphones, all the noise cancellation stuff really good intro, like all this shit had to be perfect in order for people to want to listen. Like, why would you listen to something that's crappy audio? And so I had this like high expectation of what I wanted this podcast to be. And I can't tell you how amazing the feedback has been on the last couple of episodes where I went outside for a walk and I was using the crappiest form of a microphone possible, and you guys have just been so sweet and so nice, and I'm just, like, so grateful that you guys actually enjoy that and actually enjoy the realness of it, and it takes so much pressure off me to make these, like I said, perfect And I'm just, I'm just really blown away by it and also really grateful for it. And I realized that it's funny because when I listen to podcasts, I like when they're like short and sweet and to the point. And I am listening to a podcast right now where the host is going out on walks and her audio is patchy and spotty, but I love it because it's just so real and I know that she's genuine And so I want to kind of adapt more of that approach moving forward and not be so obsessed with like the perfect audio or saying the perfect thing and the right thing all the time. So I'm just glad we're all on the same page and I have received that feedback. So again, thank you. Um, Moving on into this episode, this episode is long overdue. Um... But I'm actually really glad that it's taken me this long to talk about it because it means that I've had a lot of time to process my thoughts around it, and I also have one cycle under my belt, so that is always a good, um, I don't know, starting point, I guess. But anyway, so what I want to talk about today is my personal journey and discovery of PMDD. Now, you're probably wondering, what is PMDD? And that's totally normal because it is not talked about enough. Um, So here I am talking about it and bringing awareness. (laughs) So PMDD stands for premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And dysphoric means very unhappy, uneasy, dissatisfied um, just kind of a low mood. And so I'm sure you're wondering how this is different from PMS and we'll get there in a second. Um, but basically we can break this down into premenstrual feeling awful disorder kind of thing. Um, and it happens when a severe negative reaction happens in the brain to the natural rise and fall of estrogen and progesterone. Like we know that our cycles, um, our hormones cycle throughout the month. And for some reason, those of us with PMDD have a weird reaction in the brain when this happens. Um, it is not a hormonal imbalance, although hormonal imbalances can exacerbate symptoms. Now, the symptoms that PMDD or people with PMDD experience are a whole slew of things, um, ranging from depression, mood swings, anxiety, paranoia, thoughts of suicide, anger, irritability, feeling out of control, headaches, breast tenderness, insomnia, difficulty concentrating, and the list goes on. And these symptoms occur just after ovulation all the way until the period dissipates. So this is usually around two weeks um, if you have a regular length cycle. And so this is kind of like the main, the biggest difference really between PMS and PMDD is that PMS typically doesn't last as long as PMDD. Um, And even though they have very similar physical and emotional symptoms the biggest difference is that pmdd causes extreme mood shifts that can disrupt daily life and damage relationships Um, basically pmdd is a more extreme version of pms both because all of the symptoms are heightened and also it lasts longer and the effects of it can sometimes last even longer than that if we're talking about damaged relationships and possibly not showing up to work. Um, so there's all of these other factors that get affected by by your period that happens once a month. And if it continues to happen cyclically and it does this for multiple cycles, you can see how that is a compounding effect. Um, and then also... While 90% of uterus owners experience PMS symptoms throughout their menstrual cycle lifetime, so like throughout from, I don't know, age 13 to 55, I don't know when menopause actually happens, but um, like if we look at that lifespan, like 90% of us are going to experience PMS symptoms, but only three to 8% of us will experience PMDD. So what we're talking about is a very extreme version of PMS. And so when I first found out about my diagnosis, I immediately felt so much relief because i'm like oh my god so i'm not being overdramatic like all of this time i thought i was being overdramatic because that's what everyone told me and like oh my god there's this chemical reaction in my body that is causing these intense emotions that i feel and it just felt like i was so seen for the very first time like Yeah, sure. We all have PMS. And I feel like when I would talk to people about my PMS symptoms, like they wouldn't quite understand the severity of the situation that I would feel. And so I just never felt like people understood like what I was going through. And now knowing that this exists and knowing that I have it, it just gives me so much relief like, I actually have a label for it, and I know I'm not crazy, like, obviously, it's a disorder, yeah, but it's known. Like, there's a there's just a, a known thing about it that makes it feel so much better. But also, in my time of processing this diagnosis, I kind of felt a little bit of anger, like, why the hell has it taken this long and however many professionals that I've seen to figure this out? Like I'm 32 years old. I've had a period for almost 20 years. (laughs) Like why has this taken so freaking long? And so naturally the problem solving perfectionist detective in me likes to consume as much content as possible and figure out more like I want more answers to this and so that's when I found out a couple fun facts or I should say interesting facts because they're not really that fun but I want to share with them with you so the first one is that there is no medical test for PMDD so that means it's usually diagnosed by a mental health professional And being that I only started seeing a therapist for the very first time this year, it makes a lot of sense as to why I have not been, I don't want to use the word tested, but why it's never come up with my gynecologist or anyone else that I've seen about these um, issues that I have. So that just, that kind of was like, oh, okay, right. The second fun fact is that Unfortunately, people with PMDD are often misdiagnosed with things like bipolar disorder and PCOS, or they're underdiagnosed, being told that they are just hormonal and they need to get over it, which is what it was in my case. And these patients, including myself, are often prescribed birth control to mitigate the PMS symptoms which unfortunately just acts as a band-aid for the time being and doesn't really address the problem, but it also doesn't give the birth control user the tools to manage symptoms either. Um, it's kind of, like I said, just a band-aid, which is unfortunate. Another of fact is that PMDD was only added to the DSM in 2013. <laughs> Right when i graduated college and very recently it was added to the who international classification of disease and related health problems that's a mouthful um, but it was added to that in june of 2019 which is so freaking recent um so again this also makes sense and on top of that i ran into this fun fact According to an IAPMD global study, I have no idea what that stands for. Sorry, guys. Um, But according to that study, it takes an average of 12 years to receive an accurate diagnosis of PMDD. Now, with all the things that I've already told you about it just being added to the DSM within the last 10 years... Um, and that misdiagnoses and that there's no medical tests, like you need to be seeing a mental health professional and not everyone has the resources to do that, Um, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense as to why it takes this long for someone to receive this diagnosis. But I also kind of wanted to talk about my story and my personal period health journey, I guess, and why this Knowing all these facts and knowing my own history and my own experience, it makes sense as to why I am sitting where I'm sitting right now, uncovering this now. So like many of us, I had my first period at age 13. At age 15, I went on hormonal birth control, aka the pill, to manage my extreme mood swings. My mom (laughs) knew that my shit was not okay around the time of the month. And she is a, um, she's a nurse. She's, uh, she works in the maternity department. So she delivers babies all day long. So she's really tight with all the gynos and all that. So somewhere down the line, I guess, talking with one of those doctors, they were like, eh, just put her on birth control. She'll be fine. So yeah, that's what happened at age 15, went on birth control, not necessarily to control birth, but to manage the extreme mood swings that I was experiencing. And then between age 22 and 28, I experienced hypothalamic amenorrhea thanks to competitive bodybuilding. As we know, I was under-eating, overtraining. My body didn't think it was safe to have a baby, so it was no longer ovulating, so I was no longer cycling. My hormones wasn't getting a period, so I didn't experience any PMS during this time. My mood was very constant and even, and it was pretty amazing, I must say, Um, and that is why I let it go so long without having a period because it was great not having to deal with that and buy tampons and all that stuff. Um, but eventually I realized how bad it was for me, not just now, but in the long game, um, as far as like osteoporosis and heart disease and all that goes. But anyway, uh, back to the story. So age 22 to 28, wasn't getting a period. I was still taking birth control up until age 25, mostly because it was just a habit, and I didn't know that you couldn't get pregnant if you weren't ovulating and getting a period, so I just kept taking it anyway, um, but it was about age 25 where I stopped because I'm like, well, if I'm not getting a period, then what is the point of this? <laughs> like, Maybe it's the birth control. Maybe my body doesn't like it anymore, so that's when I got off of it, and my period still never came back, and that's kind of when I started to dig a little deeper or learn more about it and whatnot. And then just before turning 28, I got my period back by eating more and moving less and doing all the natural things. Um, I learned a lot about my cycle, not just my cycle, but like the science behind cycles at this time. Um, And I felt like I was basically experiencing puberty all over again because it had been 13 years Since I had had a natural cycle now mind you. Yes, I was not having a cycle at all But it is important to know that when you're on hormonal birth control, you're not ovulating And therefore you are not having a natural cycle And your period while you're on a hormonal birth control is just a withdrawal bleed. It's not a real period. So I for the first time at 28 was experiencing a natural cycle now this isn't totally uncommon a lot of women do experience this because they also go on birth control around you know 15 to 20 and then they get off it when they want to have a baby um which could be i mean you guys know anywhere from 22 to 40. like i'm just throwing numbers out here so of course, like people have kids earlier and later than that, but I'm just saying it is not uncommon for women to not have a natural cycle. And that's a whole thing in itself that we all have to figure out. So for me at this point, right, I'm 28. I'm having my hormone cycle for the first time in a long time. Um, my emotions were just all over the place. Like every... And on top of that, like the weight gain, there was just so much going on that life wasn't normal to me. Right. And I did a lot of experimentation with natural PMS supplements to mitigate a lot of those symptoms. Like I experienced a lot of breast tenderness. I've told you guys this on the podcast before, um, like so much so that it's like two weeks out of every month where just my boobs just like throb they hurt so bad and nobody could tell me what to do it's just a normal thing that happens and I'm like no you don't understand like they hurt they swell they hurt like I just can't I don't know what to do about it so bad but that was just a physical symptom like that didn't even cover any of the emotional and mental symptoms that I was experiencing but anyway I say all this because I was trying a lot of different things, a lot of different supplements, Um, and of course with PMS supplements and even um, different strategies to mitigate symptoms, like, you have to give it quite a few months to see if it actually works because (laughs) it just, that's just the way of the cycle, so some of these things that I've tried helped, um, but I still felt pretty batshit crazy around my time of the month and it just felt like it was only getting worse and worse like some things would help temporarily and then I would have the worst period of my life and then I'd be like well I'm back at square one again so by the I don't know I want to say about this time last year it was the end of summer It felt like depression just hit me like a ton of bricks and I became way more self-critical than I ever have been in the past, but it just made no sense. Like overall, my life was pretty good. All things considered, I really didn't have a lot to complain about. I have a lot to be grateful for. I have an amazing partner. We have a roof over our head, food on the table. I have a job that allows me to be so flexible. My family, like, is amazing. I have great friends. Like, all things considered, I had a lot of reasons to smile. And yet there I was, just sulking in my own misery, even if I had absolutely nothing to be upset about. And I'd just be like, I don't know why I am crying, but I am. And I just felt my absolute lowest. Like, I... I felt like I didn't have any confidence anymore. I didn't know who I was when I looked in the mirror. I'm like I don't understand how I did all the things that I did in my past, like bikini competitions, bar contests. Like I don't I don't know how I did any of those things cuz I don't even have a drop of confidence right now. Anyway, I finally started going to therapy and It took a couple sessions for me to express how, like, it feels like once a month I just get extremely moody and depressed to the point where I cannot function because I cannot stop crying. And that's when my therapist was like, well, let's look into the symptoms of PMDD. Let's see if this is something that you do have. And lo and behold, there was only one item on the list of like it was like 12 things um there was only one thing that i was like nope that's not really me everything else was like yep 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 so it was pretty damn clear that that's what i was or what i am experiencing and so for me if we look back on this it took me 16 years from my first symptom of cyclical mood swings that my mom put me on birth control for It took me 16 years since then to get an accurate diagnosis. So it totally makes sense as to why it took this long to get a proper diagnosis and to why I'm just figuring this all out now, especially since I didn't even have a cycle for a while. And when I did, I was on birth control, which, again, can help mitigate PMS symptoms since hormones aren't fluctuating as drastically as they would if you were getting a natural cycle. And also, don't get me wrong, I am... I am so thankful for being on birth control as a teen and young adult for so many reasons. And I don't think I personally would have had the maturity to handle this kind of diagnosis at 15, at 20, even at 25 um, as I do now. Like, my point is, I just feel like this all makes sense when I look at all the pieces and I'm, I'm just so grateful that I am aware of it now and that I'm not living the way I did a couple months ago when I just felt like there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Now I feel again, like I feel like I have a label for it, which makes me able to be more compassionate and I, I feel like I'm more able to tell myself it's okay to take time away from work, um, tell myself it's okay to feel bad sometimes, that it's nothing to do with me and who I am, but more to do with a chemical reaction that's happening inside my brain, and that's okay. It's not It's not something to be ashamed about. It just happens, and I just have to manage it and work around it and let it be sometimes so the last fun fact or interesting fact that I want to share with you today is that it's not a hundred percent clear why PMDD happens remember it's not a hormone imbalance it's a sensitivity to the chemical reaction of normal cyclical hormones in the brain Some research suggests that it could be something that we're genetically predisposed to, but there's a lot of researchers that still don't know enough about this topic to be sure, and so we're all just kind of learning. But I just want to say, if you are a uterus owner, or you love someone who is one, and you feel like your body is just being irrational. It's not. It's just hormonal. And those normal changes in hormones during the menstrual cycle can actually have an effect on the brain. And just being aware of this phenomenon that happens can make all of the difference. Like for me, I think this awareness that I now have has moved mountains for me. Like this last cycle has been fairly easy, I must say. Like my emotions were pretty stable and I think because I was like nothing's really changed except for the fact that this was the first cycle in three cycles that I was actually home and didn't have any obligations or any like anything that was stressing me out, like work related, nothing was really stressing me out. So my my Emotions didn't explode. Um, so I think that was helpful. But not every cycle is going to be completely stress-free, and I know that. And so I'm aware that I might still experience huge mood swings and whatnot um, in later cycles. Totally aware of that. But I do think that the just becoming aware of what's happening in my body For this cycle that I just had, especially, let me take my foot off the gas and let it happen and just be like, hey, you know what? If I cry, I cry. And I'm not gonna try to not cry because that's that always makes it worse. But you know, truly, I think that my first step in tackling this and managing my symptoms is really the awareness piece and i think moving forward there's a lot that i can try and there's a lot that i can do Um, and i'm starting to take some steps to try different things to manage my pmdd Um, pmdd is not curable you can't necessarily heal from it but you can manage it so that's kind of what i am setting out to do And I know I'm going to make mistakes and I know that I'm going to do things that probably won't work first go around, um, but that'll only get me closer to the things that will work. And so I would love to share some of those things with you guys as I go, if you guys are interested. So if you liked hearing about this topic, if you want to learn more about your cycle, I am super interested in it. And I don't know how much of you guys are interested in it, but I would love to talk about it more because I think it needs to be talked about it more. But yeah, so if you guys want to hear more about this topic, um, not just my own personal stories, but like more about the cycle, more about PMDD or even PMS, I um, would love if you would just let me know and we'll take it from there. So thank you so much for listening to this episode